Last week, I started a message, and about half of you weren't here, it seems like, so this will be new to you, and some of this will be review, but I love review. Uh, Review is good for the learning, and I used to take my Greek cards when I was, and I would review them every day, and I had a, on a, on a, on a, uh, wire circle and I would I would go through those. So we always just need to review and and meditate and remember uh, the love of God in Christ Jesus. And we started that. And that we need to realize more and more every day his love for us. And uh, that does kindle our love for him as we uh, see that. We looked last week at certain characteristics about the love of God in Christ that was shed abroad in our hearts or poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Uh, And we know from Scripture that uh, God is uh, spirit, God is light, and God is love. That's amazing. That's his character. That's his nature. And uh, let us never forget uh, who our God really is. Not a God of our own making. Uh, We can define God uh, and be a wrong definition of God. We need to realize what the scripture says concerning our God and love him for who he is. Not for whom we would like for him to be. There's a great difference there. So we go to his word and we say, wow, I've never seen that before but I embrace it because that's what his word says. God is love means that his love finds expression in everything that he says and does. And uh, uh, for the Christian, this brings supreme comfort personally to him. Uh, Knowing this enables the Christian to apply to himself the promises of God. We see that in uh, Romans 8:28, which is a verse that I love and quote all the time. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who, what? Love him, who have been called according to his purpose. We love him because he first loved us. And, uh, and there is not a single thing that happens in your life that God is not in charge of. All things, he says, all things are working together. Uh, Every single thing that happens is an expression of God's love to you, even the bad things, because he has something to teach you even through those things. Uh, And they, these things happen to us for the furthering of God's purpose. And that's important too. A lot of times we can't understand the why. The why of what happened in Texas. But we know that there is love in and behind all things. It has to be. It has to be. Even when we cannot comprehend that. And that's what Paul is saying here. Who can comprehend uh, the love of God? There's no one who can comprehend it. And... Uh, 
I'm thankful for that. If it was that easy to define, then uh, uh, man would have made it up. So anyway, we saw last week that God's love is special. Uh, we know there is a general love. We talked about that. Uh, and uh, his love goes out to all the world and, and uh, all of his creation. Psalm 145, verse uh, 9 talks about that. And, uh, but that's not what Paul is talking about here. Paul is talking about a special love, a particular love, an electing love towards uh, those for whom he died and his people, his saving, redeeming love, the love that Romans 8 is all about, the love of God in Christ Jesus that Paul talks about in Romans 8. And Paul is not just telling us that to tell us that, but he wants us to experience that. And when you experience that love, it will do a lot of things to you in your life. And we're going to talk about that in closing. But uh, remember also from last week, the church is his bride and that he lays down his life uh, for his church. He does so as a shepherd lays down his life for his sheep, for his flock. So it's special. It's particular. And then it's also eternal. And uh, this is that uh, point that's, that's you can't even begin to comprehend that. But it's from all eternity, his love for you. There was never a time in God's thought that you did not exist. He loves you eternally. From everlasting to everlasting, he loves you. And again... Uh, since God's love toward you had no beginning, it can have no ending. It's from all eternity. You've been in his mind. And uh, Psalm 103 and verse 17, from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him. That's amazing. And his righteousness with their children's children. Also, Jeremiah uh, 31.3, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Wow. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. From everlasting, you were in the mind of God. Now, can you, can you uh, explain that to me? Because, see, God doesn't learn anything. There's nothing new to him. He doesn't come up with things. He knows all things. And he's known you from all eternity. If you're his child, he loves you with a special, particular love. Don't let that upset you. Be thankful for it. Rejoice. Rejoice in his love over you. Wow. Because it's, uh, it's eternal. And then it's, we saw that his love is not idle. Uh, his affection is expressed in action. And we saw that in 1 John 4. I'm not going through all the verses. Because I'd end up the same place I did last week, halfway through. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's love demonstrated. 
when he sent his son uh, to die for us. So it's seen in his action. Also, it's gracious, we saw. The love of God is gracious. Uh, There is nothing in us that provokes God to love us. There's nothing in us that calls out to God to love us. In other words, his love is uninfluenced by us, anything in us. Because in our flesh, as Paul said, uh, dwells no good thing. Not mostly bad, but some good, no. No good thing. And uh, there was nothing in us to attract him. Uh, He chose us, someone said, because of his love and now loves us because of his choice. Why? It tells us in 2 Timothy 1.9, he has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. The grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Again, that's one of those verses that you just go, boy, that's deep. And that's how God's love is. It's deep and wide and high. And so we talked about those things uh, last week. Uh, it's unexpected uh, because we deserve his wrath. Uh, and we all would have to say uh, amen to that. We deserve his wrath. And I hope you do as a Christian. Understand, you deserve the wrath of God. That's what you deserve. You don't deserve his love, his promises, uh, all that you have in Christ. You don't deserve that. You deserve his wrath. And a Christian will really see that in his heart and say, Wow, God had mercy on me, a miserable sinner who deserves his wrath. Why? Paul said that. And Paul was a follower of Christ. And if anybody understood where he was in position with God, Paul knew that. He was killing Christians. And God came and, 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 uh, and showed his love uh, to Paul in a wonderful power. And uh, so that is for us as well. Then God's love is invincible. It is not capable of being defeated or thwarted in its purpose. If God is invincible, and he is, then his purposes in grace are invincible. See, what God purposes, he brings about. There is no chance that Satan will be victorious. Now, if you don't understand that, you need to start reading your scripture closer because there is no chance Satan is defeated. And uh, if God set his love on a particular sinner from eternity past that we've seen, then nothing can stop him from accomplishing, accomplishing his love towards them. Nothing will be able uh, to uh, stop that. Why? What does the scripture say about us as believers? Romans 8, 35 through 39, and that Romans 8, memorize it, hide it in your heart, meditate on it, think about it. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? From all eternity now, shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, or nakedness, or danger of sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. 
We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are what? More than conquerors. Through all the stuff that we do for God because we're good people. No. Through him who what? Loved us. We see this over and over again. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the, here we go, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whoa. Let it sink in. Let it just overwhelm you. It may bring you to tears. It should. It should bring you to tears. When we sing these songs that are full of the gospel, you need to be, it it needs to move you. And if you can, well, that's great. Almost time for football. There's something wrong with your heart. Something wrong with my heart. If I can stand up here and preach and have it not affect me before I tell it to you, there's something wrong. And, uh, but we see also that God's love is personal. It's personal. Thank God it's personal. Tozer, and if you've ever read Tozer, He's one of these real deep-thinking writers, and I would recommend you reading anything that he has written. It's deep, though. I mean, it'll make you think. But to- Tozer said this. Uh, the object of God's love are individuals, not masses of people. It fastens itself on individuals. God's love is an intimate, personal thing. God's special love doesn't love populations, but people. Not masses, but men. To say God loves everyone in general is to say that God loves no one in particular. You ever thought about that? No, he loves you in a particular way, in a special way. He loves all the world in a general way, but if you're his child, you're very special to God. And knowing a lot of you, I don't see how that can be. That's bad. No, I'm talking about me. And knowing me, my heart, my heart that's prone to wander, to leave the God I love. But you know what? He never leaves me even though I disappoint him every day in thought, word, and deed. He, is, he, he loves me in a special, particular way. You know, we see that in Scripture. Uh, Adam and Eve, they sinned, and yet they found grace with God. And we know that story. Rahab the harlot was a particular person. Mary and Joseph were special, particular people. Noah, Moses, Jacob, Paul, and who else? You. You and me. Wow. You mean I'm loved that much by God? That's what his word says. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. Why? I can't tell you why. Never will, because it's all by grace. 
by grace, the love of God in Christ Jesus. You know, I told the illustration uh, last week when it comes to loving generally and loving particularly or special. Wives, if your husband comes to you or uh, the wife comes to her husband, I should say, and asks, darling, do you love me? And he says, yes, I love all women. What would you think, women? How would you feel? Would you feel special? Now, that is a true statement. I love all women, but I love her specially. <laughs> but I, I set my affection on her. I wooed her. I gave her stuff. I bribed her. <laughs> I loved her in a special, particular way. And that's what God does towards us. See that. Understand that. Believe that. Because it's true. You know what it says about Christ in Isaiah 53, 10? It uh, should be Isaiah 53, 10. Uh, that's okay. It was late when you did these. <laughs> Uh, it says, he shall see his offspring. Speaking of Christ. He shall see his offspring. Wow. Not possibly. If they do good and they love him enough and if they come to him. and No. He shall see his offspring. Whoa. See, that's loving in a special, uh, particular way. You know, Galatians 2.20, Paul, huh, this is one of those verses again that just overwhelm you. He says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. We're in Christ. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved who? And gave himself for, wow, I hope that's true of you. I hope you see that he gave his life for you, that you have embraced that, that you're experiencing that love, that you're overwhelmed with that love. Wow. He loves us that much. Then we see that God is unchangeable. Wow. God's love is not a frail a fragile thing like our love is most of the time. What do we do when bad things happen to us that disrupts our love for God? How do we act? We blame God. Why did you let this happen to me? But you know what? God doesn't do that towards me. When I fail Him, He says, my love never changes. It doesn't go up and down. It doesn't fluctuate. I love you from everlasting, and I'll love you to everlasting. That's, that's His love. That preaches. That preaches. His love is that great. 
So when bad things happen to you, God's in the midst of it. You've got to believe it. And act like you believe it. Show that you believe it. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. But you see, that takes the Holy Spirit who is in you that, that is crying. God's love really did bring us out of the slew of despond. Boy, He brought me out of the slew of despond. Whoa, did He ever bring me out. And He's still bringing me out because He loves me. And uh, <clears throat> But our love many times is so fickled. Love to each other is fickle and frail. And Let me just read you this illustration. A boy kept a picture of his girlfriend in his room. On the back of the photograph was written the message, My dearest Tommy, I love you with all my heart. I love you more and more each day. I will love you forever and ever. I'm yours for all eternity. She signed it, Love, Diane, but added the following postscript. If we should ever break up, I want this picture back. (laughs) See, God's love isn't that way, right? All of his promises are what? Yes and amen. They're settled. It's done. It's over. You're complete in Christ. You're perfect in Christ. You're loved of God, beloved of God. Wow. That thrills my heart that he could love an old, rotten, dirty sinner. And you know what? The more you believe that, the more you're going to see you're an old, rotten, dirty sinner saved by grace because it humbles you. It humbles you. It, it, uh, it's amazing. It's amazing grace. Then we see God's love is sovereign. It's sovereign. God is under no obligations uh, to anyone. Someone said he is a law unto himself, acting according to his own imperial pleasure. By the way, he is God, and he can do whatever he wants to. He didn't come and uh, and, and, uh, consult me before he did everything and say, Sid, what do you think about this? Should I do it this way? I'd say, I'd have said, that's not fair. That's not fair, God. But you don't want fair. Do you want fair? Fair is what? The wrath of God. See, again, that's what you deserve is the wrath of God. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, Daniel uh, Daniel 4.35, I skipped a verse. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. Now, I know you think you're pretty special. He does as the people ask him. No, he does as he pleases. With the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. He does as he pleases with whatever is going on. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? But we do. You say, we do. We need to be ashamed of ourselves and pray God forgive us for questioning your ways. So his love is sovereign. His love is infinite. It's infinite. Everything about God is infinite. 
His love is without limit. Wow. There's no depth to it. There's no height to it. There's no length to it. That's the love of God. It's infinite. And then God's love is holy. God's love is regulated by principle. His love never conflicts with His holiness. God's love is stern, for it expresses holiness in the lover and seeks holiness for the beloved. You see, everything God brings in your life is because He loves you. Do we have a passage on that anywhere? I believe we do, actually. Hebrews 12, uh, 6 through 11. Because the Lord disciplines the one he what? Loves. Loves. And he chastens everyone who uh, he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his what? For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the uh, Father of Spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, that is our parents, but God disciplines us for what? Our Our good. See, all things are working together for good to those that love God to those who are the called according to His purpose, in order that we may share in His holiness. See, God wants you to be like Him. Whoa, that's a, that's a high calling. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. I don't like going through it, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Wow. What does God want you to to be like? Why is He doing this in your life? Matthew 5, 48, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. There's a sense in which you're already perfect, as the book of Hebrews tells us. In Christ, you're perfect already. But we grow in the grace and knowledge. We grow in sanctification. We grow in our understanding And we love Him or should love Him more and more every day for what we see that He's doing in our life and not say, why did you do this, Lord? Why did you bring this upon me? I don't deserve this. And we get to feeling sorry for ourselves. And it's really sad. We find in the rest of Ephesians chapter 4 and 5, and through the end of the book, that these truths of His love will affect you in a particular way. Thank you. How does this affect our lives? What application uh, can we make? Paul wants you to think. Paul wants you to remember. Paul wants you to be moved and affected by what he's saying. First of all, I want you to know, K-N-O-W, the love of God. 
know his love. Not just intellectually, but to really experience that love in your life. Experience the love of Christ in such a way as we'll see the husbands, you can love your wife as Christ loves the church. And that's with all of her flaws, you see. He says, it's going to affect your life. This love will change your life. And it's going to get better and more and, and uh, increase as you grow in the grace and knowledge of, of God. Wow, what a, what a wonderful God we have. But you know what? You must come to Christ alone for this grace. What did Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. It's through faith in Christ and Christ alone. I want this love to humble you. To humble you in what way? That your coming was an act of God working in you to come. That you take no credit for it. Don't take credit for it. Ooh, I was, you know, smarter than the average bear, as Yogi Bear. No. Be humbled that your coming was an act of God working in you to come. And then I want you to be amazed. For God's love is amazing. That song by Wesley, uh, Amazing Love, How Can It Be? And how's the rest of it go? That thou, my God, shouldst die for me. Amazing love. And it needs to be amazing to us. And I hope it just doesn't, okay, that's amazing. Every day you'll wake up and you'll go, wow, I'm saved. I'm a child of God. Boy, that's amazing. God had mercy on me. He opened my heart. He changed me by his love, by his power. He did that. All grace and mercy is from him. Then I want you to not be only amazed, but I want you to enjoy God's love. You remember how you used to go to the creek? Some of us who are old enough used to go to these creeks like in Fowl River or Fly Creek across the bay. And you would be hot. It would be a July day and you were just, and then you'd jump in that creek and you'd go, whoa, and it would totally refresh you. I want you to jump into Christ in the same way. Jump into Christ the same way. That you would be refreshed. Don't stop until you're refreshed. Don't say, this doesn't work. Well, what am I doing wrong? I'm not believing the gospel. I'm not believing what is really true about me. Love God in return. Love him in return. Someone said, nothing so warms the heart of the saint as a spiritual contemplation of God's love. We will be lifted above our wretched self. And since God loves his people in Christ, it is not regulated by their fruitfulness. Fruitfulness but is the same at all times. Because the Father loves them in Christ, the Father loves them as Christ. Whoa. Because you're in Christ, the Father loves you as he loves his own son. 
If that doesn't excite you, you're mostly dead. It's amazing. It's comforting. It's the gospel. Wow. First Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. It's amazing. Paul in Corinthians, he talks about this love, this love. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels but do not have love, what? I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all my I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Has the love of Christ changed you? Is the love of God still changing you? See, that's the key. Is it still changing you by its mighty power? Because the love of God in Christ Jesus will change your life, believing it. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we have just <laughs> tried in my uh, failing way in some respects, because who can fathom the love of God? But your uh, word tells us what your love is and your love towards your children. Lord, help us to see how amazing it is, how loved we really are, that we are the beloved by God. And in Christ, in Christ, we have everything. So, Lord, speak to each heart. Speak to my heart. We need you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>